Hi, welcome to our Work Together Anywhere podcast series. Thank you for joining us today, and we're delighted to have you involved. This series is specifically designed by Rico UK to help you navigate the challenges and opportunities organisations face today. From a pandemic to Brexit, from empowering your people to optimising the workplace, whether it's process automation or IT infrastructure and cloud services, there is something here for everyone. These podcasts contain the latest advice and good practice from industry experts and business leaders. We'll be sharing knowledge and helpful strategies to guide you, your people and your organisation towards your business goals. Before we get started, just a reminder, you can find on-demand webinars, upcoming events and our podcasts at insights.rico.co.uk. Simply click register for webinars. Now let's begin. Hi, and welcome to our latest podcast, Automating Accounts Payable, a CFO perspective. My name is Chris Gubbins, and I work for Rico Europe, supporting the UK sales teams with content management and automation projects. Uh, joining me today is CFO for Rico UK, Rachel Stokes. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for taking the time to, uh, to have this conversation. I know you're really busy, so we really appreciate your, uh, your input in this. Just really um, trying to get an understanding of, um, of, of, of the accounts payable um, automation um, topic from a CFO's perspective. So, I mean, starting off really just asking how important is the accounts payable process to, to a CFO? Really good question and a big question. I think, you know, this is one of the most important tasks there is, and I think it's being magnified with the pandemic. I'll start off with doing this not so well can affect areas like credit rating, which is can affect our suppliers in terms of maintaining our, you know, their confidence in us, in our ability to pay. Good supplier relationships in terms of we want we want a partner, just not just have suppliers. And to do that, we want to establish good relationships, therefore enhancing our discount and rebates and where we may partner longer term. And also one of the critical areas is AP is one of the areas that's most prone to fraud. And the importance of separating at each step of the process and having more of an automated process can help mitigate that. So I've concentrated there. I've given you the areas of it not having something so robust, what it can affect, which have quite big impacts on an organisation. Okay, and is that is that true for all organisations, like large and small, or is it typically just a a certain size of business, or is it something you find happens everywhere? Throughout, throughout all organisations, this is not, you know, it's on a different scale, be it an SME versus multinational, but it's at all levels in all organisations. Okay, thanks. And and is is the business of uh, of accounts payable the same as it was ten years ago? Has anything changed? Significantly, significantly changed over the last 10 years. And again, I think with the pandemic, it's further emphasised the importance of cash flow to all companies. Um, Increasing the visibility and control over spend to conserve cash helps the business manage more effectively their cash flow, which is you can probably with the pandemic, it's quite challenging to plan. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this is an area you really need to manage very closely from a cash flow perspective. And this is why our AP has become more 
more critical over not only the you know the last 10 years but as i say over the last 18 months it, it really has been critical for all companies about having as i say increased visibility and control over the spend by doing that it allows us to have more effectiveness on our of our spend and what i mean by that is maximizing the value in terms of as i mentioned before rebates and discounts that's yeah. really important and also big thing in resulting in effective cash management early visibility helps overall management and which is it would help if a company as you asked does it affect all sizes some businesses may not be as cash flow positive and therefore management of this really closely is very important they may have some months that they're challenged and as opposed to trying to take loans or overdrafts this is where having the early visibility with a normal automated AP system helping cash flow. They could then go to their customers and suppliers to see if they could have extended periods, you know, payment periods for a, a short period to get over this. So there's lots of ways it moves us into being proactive as opposed to reactive on our cash flow. Okay, so super important really that they've got that a real granular view on you know what's going out, what's coming in, and and choosing when they can pay potentially suppliers and, and, and having that kind of negotiation with your supplier, I guess, really, isn't it? Agreed, agreed. And it's it's not, obviously, nobody would take extended payment terms, but it's having those discussions early up front. And most, most suppliers put in early payment, the same as if you have surplus cash, um, yeah. having that early visibility. If you have a little bit of surplus, we try and build in that in our, in our contracts that we get a slight discount if we play early. So yeah. all of that helps. And if you put that in your contracts and you've got a little bit of extra, then therefore that all, all, all helps drive additional profitability to the business. Great. And what does the automation of your accounts payable process mean to a CFO? I mean, more, more than ever now in terms of all organisations are reprioritising their needs and a, an automated AP system, what that helps is support the changing workforce we have. Um, I mentioned better cash flow management, lower processing costs, and obviously it is all going to be around cost reduction. And what I mean by that is that that doesn't mean one we're more agile where we where we are. So if your office was in London previously, you could probably look a little bit further um, and lower the cost, but also the cost per head. But also in terms of the need for office space, we all know office space is very expensive. Therefore, you could look at reducing in that and therefore lower processing costs ultimately. Faster invoice cycle time. So with automation, it means there's fewer steps. When it's in, you don't have to log it, stamp it, et cetera, scan it. It's automatic. And therefore, fewer steps in the process allows faster invoice cycle times, which is a big plus for for suppliers. Um, yeah. Improve supplier relationships because we have real-time data, um, allows you to analyze the spend. Um, and then also in terms of effective cash management, as I've said, which allows you to work through things. So there's lots of um, lots of benefits that an automated AP process has, been, has brought to the finance team. Sure. So it sounds like really having those tools gives you that, that control, doesn't it? It puts the control back in your hands rather than being kind of reactive to, to invoices and payments going out, for example. You, you've got that visibility, you've got that information, and you can make those informed decisions, I guess. 
Agreed. And I think the key there is, you know, I was thinking to myself, it's all around us being more proactive as opposed to reactive. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's extremely important because it helps how you monitor your spend. So as an example, having an automated view, you can at a, you know, press of a button, have a look at where your spending patterns are. And it could be that just because that's how it's been done historically, you may have 10 suppliers that you utilize for one specific element that really you could you could really rationalize your supplier base but also it could highlight where maybe you've got only one supplier and therefore that's a risk that you'd want to make sure that you then have a look at adding additional one or two suppliers to your supplier base so that you mitigate the risk in the event that that supplier had any difficulties so one it's around risk management two it's around optimizing um in terms of rationalizing your supplier base as you go forward that's what the automation can give to you you know the power of data and information it's being proactive with it as you say as opposed to reactive mm, great Okay. Well, is there any advice you'd give to other finance leaders when, when choosing automation partners? And, and if there is any advice, what would it be? It's a really good one. I think in terms of what what we would what I would suggest is the first one is that ensure that your partner listens to your needs. Not not all one size fits all. Um, yeah. and that the supplier or partner is really aware of the, ch the the challenges that you face. Um, that they've really experienced in this area. And I say experienced in that area in terms of what are the barriers you're facing and, and ensuring that your supplier straight partner really has um, the requirements that completely fulfill your needs. And then last but not least is what's the post support offering. Crucial. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't stop when it goes live. Those are the criticalities. So those are the sort of four things from my side I would I would say would be quite critical in terms of choosing a partner. Agreed. And, and I think as well, just to sort of expand on that last point, you know, the post sales, things evolve, you know, departments and businesses evolve. And if you're buying something today, it needs to be future proof for, you know, five, 10 years down the line, you're buying into a long term partnership, right? T totally agree. And that's why I'm sort of saying the post is the post is probably as or more important, as you say, that you know, the last 18 months should have taught us is that things can change extremely yeah. quickly. So what you think is important or critical for the business today could be slightly change um, quite quickly. So you need to be agile. And as you say, that um, the partner of choice really has an evolution path for yeah. the solution. OK, thank you. Um, and really, I mean, during the last 12 to 18 months, we've all noticed that there's been huge changes, as you've just mentioned, to the way that people are working and where people are working. And, and also the fact that work has really become something that you do now rather than somewhere you go. So with that in mind, how has remote working affected your team? You know, initially, initially it was a challenge for some to adapt to a new way of working. And when I say that initially, it seems a long time ago now. Yeah. You know, it really does. I look at now and um, everybody's really embraced it and excelling in the approach. So let me give you examples to that in terms of sure. when people do come into the office, it's more used for collaboration and improvements. Um, 
in terms of team working, whereas historically it may have been more screen time, carrying out tasks. It now purposely, people are creating time to collaborate, which is quite different. Um, and I think that's a, to me, that's a big benefit for all of us as we go forward from a team perspective. Um, that, that's, that's how the team have worked in terms of what does that mean for them? Um, obviously from their well-being we're really critical on on how we we support our employees during this the pandemic and as we go forward this has really helped everybody look as you've commented at the beginning you said to me this is around output it's not time in an office it's output and that's where we've changed our focus the 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 balance the work-life balance i think this has really helped during um the pandemic as well as it, it you can do things you can be very agile where you do you work from and it's about your output not your hours reducing the travel time into an office and i think this will be a key a key driver for attracting you know the talent into a workforce as we go forward is that work-life balance that you can offer and it is yeah. around output so it's going to be really a, a big thing as we go forward you know work anywhere um, as we go forward it, you know it brings its challenges but and also we know that with peaks and troughs in, in we're going to be living with a pandemic for quite a while the work anywhere policy will really it's a cope it'll help us cope with those peaks and troughs to smooth it out so we can be a bit more proactive yeah no, i agree it wouldn't be it's not such a big issue if it does happen again or if we do go into another lockdown or if the world does change i think you know everybody seems to have gotten their head around the fact that things can change really quickly right and we have got the tools in place now to be more adaptive and be more reactive to to those changes so I think that's really important i mean you mentioned there as well about the well-being of the team what impact has there been on on, on the well-being of your team if any I think, it, as I said initially, which seems a long time ago, I think initially people were possibly, from a morale perspective, not having that interaction, um, personal interaction. Yes, enormous amounts of interaction on screen time. So it was a little challenging to start with, but I think everybody's now getting into a rhythm. And I think that work-life balance, less of the commute, as, as we know, we're, we're, we're taking on, you know, our employee base is spreading out a lot across the UK. And it means then people don't have those long commutes in which which really is important the work-life balance we've created so i think from an overall team perspective and morale i think we're in we're in a very good position um and and then we'll see more of that as we go forward i think the agile approach it allows us as well as an employee employer to attract from a wider resource pool than we possibly would have had previously and yeah, i think okay. that's you know embracing sort of talent so all in all you know from a team perspective really really embracing the new way of working and from a morale perspective i think we're back to where it was pre-pandemic yeah, it's a really good point you bring up about the the, the, the pool of talent becoming wider because I guess you're no longer looking for people that are 30 minute commute from your office. You know, you, you, I, I, I joined Rico during the pandemic. I live in Manchester. My office is in London and that really doesn't matter because, you know, I can be just as effective from home as I can be um, from my office in London. So, yeah, I guess that's a, that's a really valid point. You know, where you are no longer really matters. Agreed, agreed. And, and, and I, I've joined, you know, not I didn't join in the pandemic, but um, 
joined less than a couple of years ago, but I'm used to more of that working, you know, sort of the location really wasn't critical. And now I think you know, we've moved into that, that space, Rico has. And as I said, it's critical that we're allowing to be able to look at further afield in terms of attracting talent. Obviously, like yourself, if the location hasn't been a barrier, so it's really removing the location barrier. Um, and I think a lot more organisations will see that as we go forward. That's good. OK, and, and I guess really the, the last question, which leads on really nicely to that is, you know, what's Rico's stance on, on the hybrid working going forward? Is that something that's going to become a permanent thing? Is it something that we're growing into? Uh, yeah. How, how does that how does that sit? Yeah, I think, I mean, hybrid, agile, to me, what's critical is we recognise the ability that tasks can be done anywhere. Yeah, that that's the criticality of it. And I, I, I'm probably going to move away a little bit from hybrid and agile. And it, it, it's about doing the activity. And if we can create an environment where people can do that anywhere, um, what it will do longer term is it will streamline those processes, especially for a finance team. When I look at my team is, is it will sort of will streamline what we need to do from our from, from really the task orientated and it will create the oxygen in the finance team to support the business in terms of future looking business decisions. So again, yeah. moves us more into the proactive space um, as we move forward. And again, I think most people would, would welcome that that move. You get the best of both worlds, aren't you? So you get in that, you know, that office base once a week if you want to go in and you have those, you know, collaboration days where you, as a team you're doing things, but you also got that, you know, real focus time at home where you get that work-life balance as well. So I guess really the takeaway from that point is that, you know, we're, we're all winning in that situation. The business wins because we're all productive and we win because we get more time with our families. Agreed. And that was one of, you know, it's a really big point that sometimes we don't touch on as much as, especially as finance people, we we like everything extremely tangible and the intangibles mm. are possibly, possibly a little more difficult for us to quantify. But I think in this regard, as you say, people having a really good balance creates happy employees, means that you'll get a better return in terms of people are far more focused. And I yeah. think creating that balance um, is going to be key. And I think in the different generations as we go forward, work-life balance will play a bigger part yeah, in the choice of and the choice of companies people will move into. Yeah, you're already starting to see that with some of the adverts as well for jobs. Know where that, that is one of the strap lines um having that work-life balance and not forcing people back into an office so i think people are already using that as a as a carrot to entice people into their organizations but um but thank you rachel that's been that's been really insightful and and, and, and really helpful so um, again i really appreciate your time and hopefully the, the guys that are listening have also found this just as helpful as i have so um on that note thank you so much for your time thanks chris thank you That's a wrap for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode informative. And if so, make sure you subscribe to all our upcoming episodes and let us know any feedback you may have. You can also connect with our RICO experts and guests on our Work Together Anywhere series page. Head to insights.rico.co.uk and simply click register for webinars.